like to take a moment to thank all of you who have subscribed to She Abides podcast. We have listeners not only here in the U.S. and Puerto Rico, but in Germany and Australia. To God be all the glory. In this episode, I introduce you to one of my dearest God-given sisters, Mona. One of the many reasons I love Mona is because of her vulnerability. It takes great courage to be vulnerable. Vulnerability allows others to see you, hear you, and accept you fully and openly, just as you are. You don't have to be perfect. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Take a listen as Mona speaks of her divorce, the struggles, and the joys, as well as the birth of a blog to fan the flames of her faith. Enjoy. Hi, welcome back to She Abides podcast. I'm Denise, your host, and today you are in for a treat because I have my very, very good friend and sister, Mona Isler. Mona is the Executive Office Administrator at WXXI Public Broadcasting and the Board Secretary for Interdenominational Health Ministry Coalition. She sits on the Center of Community Health's Community Advisory Council, the Wilmot Cancer Center, African American Advisory Council, the Healthy Kids Play Rocks Advisory Group, and serves as a support group volunteer for the Greater Rochester Scleroderma Support Group. Mona is the mother of two adult children, Andrew and Asia, and her cat Blue. She enjoys doing improvisational comedy, baking, and traveling. Welcome, Mona. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. So one of the reasons that I wanted you to be one of my first guests is because you are one of the first women who inspired me when I moved to Rochester. I remember the very first time I met you and I remember thinking, wow, (laughs) she is a powerhouse. (laughs) And even like reading this bio, you continue to serve, to give back, to um, give of yourself. And I just found it fitting for you to be my first guest. I remember the first day I met you too. (laughs) (laughs) I tease you about it a lot because you cried a lot the very first day I ever met you. I thought, my God, she's used five boxes of tissue. (laughs) But that was just a testament to your heart and your spirit as a, as a person. So. Yeah. I think about that all the time and I still cry a lot. Um, but they're different, they're different tears, right? Like it's, um, a place of just excitement and peace and just, um, the continued work to this journey. right? Right. When I met you, I was very broken and searching for a place of belonging. I had just started really developing my relationship with the Lord. And so it was all very different. And so, you know, when people know me from then and know me now, I'm like, yeah, I still cry. The tears are just different. You know, Absolutely like it's different. different. You are, you are so much 
stronger and more solid and more uh, absolutely sure of yourself and your place with God than, than anybody I know, honestly, be, because you have really taken to heart when the Lord told you to go left, you went left and you didn't think about it. When he told you to stand still, you stood still. When he told you to move forward or sit, you did. So you were for me, the epitome of obedience, which I have yet to have learned (laughs) (laughs) after all this time, but for you, but you are truly that I I truly admire you for that. Well, thank you. Thank you. But this is about me. Yeah, this is about (laughs) you. That's what I was about to say. This is about you. So, um, you know, when I, when the Lord gave me this, this podcast, you know, it was something that I wanted to for us to share our, our struggles and our joys in abiding in the Lord, right? Because it's, it's not easy. And sometimes when people meet us after the storm, after the struggle, they just think like, wow, I just, I want to be there, right? Like I want to be that, but it takes work and it takes, um, a lot of, you know, commitment to yourself, to those around you, um, and to God. And so, um, share with us a little bit about your journey, um, with fanning the flames. So, uh, my mom is a preacher for those who don't know. So I've kind of always, it's always been there. It's always been around. I had, I grew up with a praying grandmother and uh, a praying mom. And you know, that there's a a lot of pressure that goes along with that. But having said that, I was enjoying a wonderful, happy, um, dedicated and faithful marriage for 19 years. And then literally under the guise of uh, 4th of July fireworks, I discovered that my ex-husband ex-husband now was um involved with somebody else while he was stationed away in florida and that rocked my world i mean and it didn't rock my world it shattered it it destroyed the very foundation upon which i had established a whole lot of who i was um and um I had a a couple of choices at that time and I kind of went, I was very double-minded about my approach to how I was going to deal with this. Um, One part of me was to suppress everything that I was feeling to try to do everything I could to make that marriage work, to uh, swallow myself and my desires, my needs, my fears, my feelings, so that I didn't uh, upset him, anger him as I tried to say, let's work this out. Let's go to counseling. Let's do this. Let's do that. I was willing to overlook everything, including myself, to do that. While I'm doing that, though, I wrote uh, a story about, it's called uh, 10 Count. And it was really about um, how people, uh, everybody is going through something and everybody is kind of at some phase you know, in in a 10 count in boxing, when you get knocked down, you've got 10 counts to get yourself back up on your feet so that the fight can continue. And some people are just newly knocked down and they're at one and they're blinded and they're dazed and they're, you know, they're seeing lights and all that stuff. And some people are sort of, they may be at four or they're five. They've kind of been down, but they're kind of learning how to shake it off. They're kind of, you know, processing it or they're at nine and they're just getting up and they're really on their knees and about to stand up and keep moving. And that story was kind of my way of sort of 
figuring out how to process my feelings, you know, what was I going through and how was I supposed to handle all of that? And um, so if anybody, Pastor George Nicholas was the pastor at, um, oh Lord, I don't forgot now. Grace. <laughs> yes, thank you at Grace, <laughs> which, is, which is now Greater Harvest. And it's the only way I think about it is at Greater Harvest. But he was like, oh, you should, he read it. I, I show, I don't know how I, I posted it on Facebook or something. And he was like, oh, you should start a blog. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. And then I started a blog <laughs> and I, I posted that story and I called the blog fanning the flames of faith. And I, it is lost on me now, all these, you know, 10 years later, why I did that or 11 years later. Um, and I used the blog as my journal, my, it was, but I didn't do it um, openly. Everything was a story. It, it always started with a, a, a position of what I was dealing with on that particular day, what I was feeling, but I turned it into something that was outside of me. It was a story or was a, you know, a, a situation. I always ended it with a scripture. I always, the God, Lord always gave me a specific scripture for myself to deal with it at that time. So I just started writing. I just started blogging all of these situations that I was actually dealing with every single day, the pain, the agony and all of that, but I never personalized it for myself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, go ahead. So, so one of the things you said that I always, always um, stand by is that the Lord gives us a choice, right? And so you, you had to choose, like, how am I going to handle this? Right. And I think sometimes that's lost on us that we do have a choice. We do have a choice in how we want to navigate and swim through the storms, waters and all of those things. We, we lose that sometimes. And I think um, when we get to a place where we can say, OK, this is these are the choices that I have. Um, the other thing that. And I, I never knew this story because I. I I found out about the blog later, but I, I love the analogy of, you know, the count, the 10, you know, the, because you're right when you're in boxing and that's how we feel at different stages. Um, I can certainly look back at some things that I've gone through and been like, I can't, I can't even see right now. Like I have just literally like the wind is knocked out of me. I don't know how I'm going to move forward through this. Um, but just the, the process of okay, I'm going to choose to just take a step forward, however small, even if it's a little wobble, right? Like you right. just have to make that choice. And I think we sometimes forget that because we're so blinded when we're in it at that moment. And then the other thing was that for whatever reason and however you came about sharing it with Pastor George, um, God surrounds us with people who can help us through, right? And kind of see that, okay, they're in a place where they're not a hundred, you know, they're not to 10, they're not up all, but this is going to help them. And they encourage us and they water that and they, you know, push us forward. Do you think if he had not, do you think you would have ever just openly shared it like you did? Or do you think it would have just continued to be stories that um, you were telling from an outside peripheral because you hadn't personalized it yet. So I honestly don't think I would have 
I don't know. I I don't. I I think I only kept writing because I started a blog, and now I got to fill it. Right. So right. I'm not confident that I would have done it or that it would have turned out the way that it did. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole idea about it was I, I was sucker punched and I wrote, right. I told uh, one of the, you know, I started the story talking about how there was this girl that I, I don't, don't shame me. I was mean to this girl in middle school. Mm-hmm. And I, w- one day I walked up to her and I tapped her on the shoulder and she turned and I clocked her right in the face. Don't ask me why. I don't even remember why it was a long time ago, but it was, a, it was about that feeling. That was what I was feeling. I was sucker punched. I, it came mm-hmm. out of nowhere and I didn't know what to do. So I just was like, let me just write it down. I don't know. I mean, I've always been a creative writer anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I probably would have just had a notebook full of scribblings that were marred with tears and you couldn't read the ink anymore. Cause I'd cried all over them or something. But mm-hmm. the fact that the fact that the seed was planted meant that the seed was going to get watered, right? So as soon as he planted the seed, it was completely out of both of our hands at that point, you know, right. because it's like we plant the seed, but, you know, but God waters it, right? And seeds yeah. just, so I knew, I know now that as soon as that seed was planted, it was already done. It was going to, it was going to move forward. And I just, so that's why he just kept giving me things to write. He'd be like, don't you want to talk about this today? <laughs> And I would find some crazy story to, to, to sort of mask my feelings and, and I would write about it. And it was, it was hot fire for the longest time until, so, go ahead. And so, um, that also helped you heal faster, right? Because if you didn't have that outlet, it would have, and, and, you know, like I said at the beginning, you're one of those people that have just inspired me because one, you're able to be accountable to yourself and then you're transparent. And I think that's so important because so often we aren't accountable to ourselves because then if we aren't accountable to ourselves, we don't have to tell anybody else, right? So we just act like it's not, we're not going through it. We're not facing it. We're not, um, you know, adding to it because, Sometimes we do um, add to our own struggles. And the other thing is that you're, when you get to a place where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done with being where I am right now. I think, right? Like, that's what I always say. Like, we get to that place where you're like, I think, and I need, I need to say, I need to wash. Um, you come to those, you know, that love you and say, hey, I messed up and I'm not, I'm, I'm back on track and I'm going to do what I need to do. Right. But if you didn't have that outlet, do you think that it would have ever, ha- you would have ever gotten to that place? Or do you think you would? I don't think so because what, while I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I was very double-minded at the time. There were two part, there were two Mona's existing at the same time. There was the Mona who was really trying to hear what the Lord had to say, really, I mean, my prayer life was active and mm-hmm. listening to music. It was all I, it was the only way I was going to remain with any manner of sanity at all was to pray, listen to music and blog. But there was another part of me that was suppressing all of my feelings and allowing myself to really 
fall into a deep depression that I was hiding from a lot of people. I was self-sabotaging. I was gambling. I was doing all kinds of things to try to make myself feel good on the surface level while I'm also over here blogging all of these great spiritual nuggets, right? So Mm -hmm. like a lot of us, I was living two very distinct lives at the time, both trying to make myself feel good. I just wasn't sure which one was going to make me feel good faster or better. Right. And ultimately, Mm -hmm. one helped to perpetuate my destruction, while the other one was there to sort of help me push myself further beyond the boundaries of even what I knew then. Because what happened was this, the first year of this, as I'm working on trying to keep my marriage together, and I'm blogging all of these cute stories, and all of these deep thoughts, and all of these, you know, things that the Lord wanted me to say, I'm trying to keep my marriage together. But the moment I realized that that wasn't going to happen was when I actually got real about the blog. It it was when I started putting myself in it and actually talking about me and what I, and it, it wasn't until I, the blog was dream deferred. You know, mm-hmm. it's the Langston Hughes. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it implode? Is it a sun? You know, so because everything that I wanted, everything that I thought that I was blogging towards, the thing that I thought I was preparing myself for with the, the reconnection of this marriage did not happen. And I just gave up on everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I don't, God sucks. I suck. This blog sucks. (laughs) I hate hate the world. And I wrote a very disheartening, powerful, my, my faith is shook. My is, is shaken. I don't know what I believe anymore. And I'm done with everything and with everybody. And naturally, of course I wasn't, but it, but from that became when I actually started talking about me and I put my my face in the in the things that I was writing about I was I was way more transparent because I I think people had started to figure it out along the way but it wasn't until I was actually this is not going to happen I'm all that I've been praying for and blogging about and singing about is not happening now Mm -hmm. what you know what do I do now and so I did nothing for a minute and of course I came back to it and then I started really being completely transparent and honest in an entirely different way. And that was when I started getting a, oh my God, I feel the same way. I mean, people were really responding to the honesty and the transparency that I was, I would post a blog and that I would have to go take a nap because I was so overwhelmed with emotion and fear and anxiety and pain for putting that out there. And then somebody would be like, girl, I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it was also helping to heal other people as much as it was tearing me apart, you know? Mm -hmm. And I started, I blogged about my depression. I blogged about the fact that I thought that I was telling people that I'm sinking and that I'm going through something and that I'm, uh, you know, that I fear for myself but I really wasn't saying that I was hiding behind all of the strength that everybody assigns me. You're so strong. You've got it all together. You're so, you know, I was mm-hmm. hiding behind all of that and whispering it really, really softly, but I think I'm yelling it really loudly. And I blogged about that. And, and that was, uh, that got 
a massive amount of response from people when I was just like, I don't know, y'all. <laughs> yeah, and that that's such a powerful statement because we do that to, to each other, thinking that we are encouraging each other, right? Yeah. Like, you're strong and you can do this and it's going to get better. But in the meantime, on the inside, we're like broken to pieces. Like we literally don't know how we're going to make it from one day to the other. Right. And, and it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? Like that sometimes pushes you to continue to move forward, but there isn't any real work at healing. You're right. just, you're just going through the motions. Right. Um, and I think, um, it causes us to isolate. And I always say when you isolate and you're in darkness, the enemy has full reign to mm -hmm. whoop, up, whoop you up, right? Because yeah. you don't have your community. You don't have your sisters. You don't have your fellowship. You don't have the people who love you for who you are, no matter what the situation is. Um, you know, I, I went through a lot of different things last year and it was just the ability to call somebody at six o'clock in the morning, we know there's only one person that gets up at six in the morning, you know, right. earlier than six. And we call that person and say, hey, you know, I need you to come over and have coffee with me. And at six o'clock, we're sitting on my swing, you know, mm. and it's in the morning and the birds aren't even up, you know, but just to be like, I'm a mess and I need you to pray because I can't even pray right now. <laughs> like I can't, I need, I need somebody else to hold me up. And I think um, we do that to ourselves because we don't want to let people down. Yeah. And I think when we um, yell it out instead of whisper it, right? Like they realize like, okay, this is the person that's always there for me. Let me step up and be there for them. Yeah. But that's not um, what you, that's not what you think when you're going through it. You no. think, you think people, um, everybody always comes to me for advice or whatever. And if I show that weakness, if I show that I'm broken in that way, they're not going to want to come to me anymore and I want to continue to help them I want to continue to do this or that and I think people are going to think differently about me if I show that but of course I've I, I learned that lesson that that's not true I then forgot it again and then have to you know <laughs> yeah. I, it's a lesson I have to keep relearning myself but one of the things one of the real benefits of the blog honestly was at some point when I was, uh, you know, God, you guys forget it. I'm done. I want to be an atheist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to be an atheist, you know, and my brain was like, yeah, okay, nice thought, but you know better. So you can't, right. I really <laughs> want it to be, I'm like, I'm done with it. All of yeah. it. It's, none of it makes any sense. I don't want, you know, and, yeah. but then God was like, all right, I'm gonna let you have this for like five minutes. We've had, you and I have had experiences, Mona, that let you know that that's not, you can't really go on that. Right. But, but one of the things it was because my mom was like, you should reread your blog. <laughs> her little like, her just, little, yeah, just saying, I'm, I'm just, you know, you wrote all that, like, you should just reread your blog. And I was like, <laughs> oh, fine. But I did, like, I started all over from the beginning and I started reading it and it, it helped. It really did. It was the, I really was writing it for myself. I was mm -hmm. writing it for my future self, if that makes any sense. Yes. Yeah. You and sometimes we don't, yeah, sometimes we don't know that. We're just doing what we think God wants us to do, but we don't realize that it's for a time. Right. And then when we get to that place, we're like, oh, 
I get it. <laughs> and when I read it, because granted, you know, I've read each of these entries a gajillion times, but then I would read it and I'd be like, oh, is that what I meant? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't write it with that. I didn't write it with that intent or for me to feel this or to recognize that, but it was when I go back and read it that I recognized, oh goodness, I wrote that 10 years ago for today, for this moment, for this time, for yeah. me to, when I can acknowledge this and, and, you know, it's funny because I've had a couple of guest bloggers. One of them is, is you. And you truly wrote one of the most powerful ones that is there that I say all the time. And ultimately, it was a lot of stuff, but you, so what? Yeah. So what is one of my favorite blog entries? It is about, yeah, that did happen. So, and yeah. now what? <laughs> what are you going to yeah. do now? I, so, so what? And it really, it really has become a part of my full on a part of my thinking is, is, is to have a so what attitude about a lot of things that happen to me or that I allow to happen or I create problems that I create. So what? So now what? What are you going to do now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and so that's what I was going to ask next. So at some point you got to a place where you started opening it up for other, for guest bloggers. Um, what made you get to that point? Because this was a very personal thing. So when did you get to the place where you were like, okay, I can let people in this? That's a good question. I don't know. I, I, Somebody, I think somebody sent me something that they wrote and I was like, you know what, I'm going to post that on my blog. Yeah. And that sort of became, you know, and I don't, I haven't, I didn't have a lot of guest bloggers. Yeah. Two or three maybe. Um, but I was like, this is good. I'm going to share this, you know what I mean? With mm -hmm. my audience of four <laughs> or however many people it was. Um, and then, you know, then people were like, oh, I'd like to put something, you know, you just, but you know, the. God didn't send, you know, anybody, just any old body to, to post into that sacred space, right? It was definitely right. who had something to say and who were spiritually driven so as to to keep with the the flavor of of what I was trying to do on that in that blog. Yeah. So what's the one takeaway, the, the biggest um thing that you would say you learned from that blog from blogging? Uh, so I, it's a lesson my mother had already taught me, which was the importance of transparency. Um, and my blog was transparency come alive. Mm -hmm. And so the most important thing I can, it, that ever came back to me was the, how critical it is, not only for your own healing, but for those who you don't know are reading you or watching you or seeing you is being open and transparent because no matter what you are going through, someone else is going through that same thing. Someone <laughs> else is going through something really super similar and how you navigate through that is guiding someone else on how to navigate through it. The fact that you can be going through something really tragic and talk about it lets someone else know you know what, I'm, it's going to be okay. I might be able to talk about it as well, or I might be able to 
read a scripture that gets me through today or pushes me forward to do something else. Being open and honest and real with people with all of your mess when you stink, like you say, to share that with people gives other people an, a massive amount of hope and faith that they don't actually feel like they have until they see it in somebody else. Yes, yes. And I think that is a great place to end. So I would just ask you, um, who else do you think I should have on this podcast? Um, I, I have, so I would always recommend Phyllis Jackson personally, not because she's my mother, but because Phyllis has a dynamic story to tell. And she is somebody who, I, I know all of these things, one, because she's my mom, um, but because she is the epistles personified. She is the person yes. who walks it out every single day of her life more than anyone I have ever, ever known. And so I think, and she's over, she's an overcomer and mm -hmm. she's, she's, she's got really great stories things that she's truly overcome. So I would say her. Um, I don't like her very much, but she's fine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have to say that she's my mom. Um, yeah. I would say her, but I would also say Satrina. Satrina is, she has a powerful word in her and she's always just so real and is truly the epitome of transparency as well. I think I, think I admire the two of them uh, a, a lot. Yeah, I agree. They're both great women of faith and I have learned so much from them. Mona, I love you. Thank love you. you for making time for being on She Abides podcast. I am so excited that um, you got to be a part of this journey with me. This well, next chapter of what God is doing in my life. I am ridiculously honored that you asked me to, to share a, a little bit of my story with you. So I appreciate it. Yes. So quickly, um, is Fanning the Flame still up or what have it, you decided to do with that so that people can go and read and. It is still up. It's, wow. fanning, it's fanning the flames of faith.blogspot.com. Um, it's still there. The entries are old and I'm getting ready to sort of rekindle it. I'm at a place now where I'm, I, I'm 10 years post-divorce and I am still um, dealing with the grieving process of my divorce. And I'm realizing that now. So I'm, I'm at a, a place where I'm about to blog a different part of this journey. Mm -hmm. um, so it, there, there'll be new entries coming, but everything I've ever written is still there. Great. Thank you. We can't wait to see what you post. Thank you.